0: This is the University's Seventh-day Adventist Church in this sunny Orlando, Florida. We are glad that you are listening to our weekly podcast. Our prayer is that you will be blessed and challenged by our message today, and may God lead you in the next step of your growth in Him. Here is our feature sermon. This is my story. This is my soul. Isn't God wonderful? Isn't it just marvelous to have a relationship? Y'all don't know what I'm talking about? Yes, it's so good to be children. A God who owns the universe. No weapon form against you shall prosper. Because your God is the God who made everything. The one who called everything to be. He sits high. He looks low. He knows the crevices of our hearts. And he answers the prayers of his children. It's good to be with you. It's good that your leaders preceded me. Brother Heron, Sister Edwards, Sister Wonder, Brother Warren. And you know, that's some service that He likes to get it down. Y'all notice that? Have you guys ever noticed that? He puts slang here and there. So when you see me smiling, it's because he, I heard him say something. But I want today for you to come with me to the book of Acts, chapter 12. Acts, chapter 12. And I'm starting at verse 6, the Bible, a very interesting story. It says, on the very night when Herod was about to bring him forward, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with chains, not one chain, two chains. And guards in front of the door were watching, over prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared and a light shone into the cell. And he struck Peter's side and woke him up saying, get up quickly, get up. And his chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, gird up yourself and put on your sandals. Even in jail, Peter was making himself comfortable, took his sandals off. You know, when you're home watching TV and he did so, put his sandals on. And he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. Verse 9, and he went out and continued to follow. And he did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. Verse 10, when they passed through the first and the second guard, they came to the iron gate that leads into the city, which opened for them by itself. And they went up. And went along one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. Verse 11. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I know for surety that the Lord has sent forth his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. Verse 12. And when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, who was also called Mark, where many were gathered together in a prayer meeting. When he knocked at the door of the gate, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. And when she recognized Peter's voice, because of her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran inside and announced to those who were praying that Peter was standing in front of the gate. They said to her, you're mad. But she kept on insisting that it was so. And they kept on saying, it is his angel. He's on death row. Perhaps Herod killed him already. But Peter continued to knock. And when they opened the door, they saw him and were amazed. Please bow with me. Father, we come into your courts today. We come for varied reasons. Some are burdened have been praying, have not heard you. Some have heard you and still are not sure because they want their own way. But there are some who are still seeking to hear your voice in decisions regarding their families, their jobs, their education, their development, a wayward child, a wayward husband. And so they feel that coming into your house today, they can find peace and answer to their troubled soul. Somebody is here because he or she is struggling with an illness. Somebody is here because the doctor gave him or her bad news. And so we have come for affirmation. We have come today to hear your voice and to remember that you open doors, knock guards down. And so when we come and we knock on doors, people say we are angels. Today we come. And I want you to take every single person before me and speak individually to their hearts so that when this is done, they'll be drawn closer to you and each person will find eternal life through Jesus Christ. Amen. I don't know what's going on. They gave me this fancy thing to use. Whatever happened to prayer? I grew up in a little village on the northern shore of a little but beautiful most beautiful caribbean island island don't listen to anybody else we have 300 brother bob we have 365 white sandy beaches and our the slogan we have it says and that's just the beginning oh don't bother with them antigua is just 108 square miles and i'm from the northern side of the island that looks at the atlantic my little village is called New Winthrop's. And I live with my mother at number five, Enid Benjamin Street. Don't forget it. And at number five, Enid Benjamin Street, long before my mom came in contact with the Seventh Adventist message, she'd get up at 4.30 every morning. And she, 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 she would start by singing, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege. What an awesome privilege to take everything to him in prayer. And she sang loudly, sometimes irritating her children who want to get that last sleep. But my mother, she would sing. She'd sing. And then she would pray for 45 minutes to an hour. And she didn't pray silently. She prayed aloud. Six children, her husband. She called us each by name, and if you did anything wrong the day before, you're in the morning prayer. And so one morning I heard her saying, "Lord, if I can't change these boys, I want you to take their lives. One of four brothers." And I heard that, and so I knocked my brother, nudged him, the one who we slept together. I, I I nudged him and I said, "Didn't you hear, mom?" Ah. He's always carefree. He said, "Ah, don't bother with her." But that prayer that morning touched me. It was a prayer that told me that my mother was very concerned about us. We weren't easy. We weren't easy. We'd go, fly, go in the morning to fly kites, and, and we would be flying kites till sunset and going home 10 o'clock at night. And you know, those of you who, who are from the Caribbean, you have some chores at home. So we would be carrying water on our heads at 10 and 12 o'clock at night. So she was helpless. Take them if you see that I cannot change them. And that prayer changed my life. It didn't change it immediately, but it never left my mind. So much so that when she took me to the Catholic school at age five, and the sister, Sister Clara, I never will forget her. Sister Clara taught us, she said, prayer is listening to God and talking to him with love. So I raised my little hand because my mother taught me a long time ago that prayer was a little more than that. It was deeper. It is something that comes from within and something that is expressed because of a yearning or because of the blessings that you have received. You want to give God thanks. It came out of a relationship. Prayer comes from relationship. And so when Sister Clara said that, I raised my hand, just a little boy. I said, Sister Clara, I I think prayer is a little more than that. She took it personal and she, she didn't treat me nicely after that. She didn't. So I went home and I told my praying mother and she said, all you have to do is pray for Sister Clara. So I said, what to pray for? She said, pray that they move her. The next week they transferred her to another school. (laughs) Now this is why I'm baffled because you know, as Seventh Adventists, as Christians, as believers, we really do not understand the power of prayer. No, no, we, 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 we take it for granted that 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 we must pray and we, we use it as a ritual but we really do not understand the profundity of prayer don't understand it the phenomena of prayer we don't understand that you a feeble carnal human being would say a few words to the great god of the universe And there is a spirit that that translates those feeble words into language that heaven understands and changes are wrought in your life. Prayer. So my mother prayed for everything. She prayed for breakfast in the morning. We were poor. And sometimes we leave home with just a little bush tea. Those of you who have had bush tea, Not, 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 not herbal tea. I hear the sophisticated name these days. It's bush tea. Piece of bread. And before leaving home, mom prayed that we are successful at school. So even with the bread and bush tea, we were getting A's and doing well. Prayer. Whatever happened to prayer? I had a young lady come into my office, and this, isn't, this has nothing to do with any of you who might be from that particular island. But she came to me this one morning, and she said to me she, she wants some help because she's really struggling, and she's a Christian, and God is not hearing her, and she's tempted to go back to Haiti. How can you mix the two? How can you do voodoo? and prayed to the God of the universe. There is some confusion there. And so today I came to you in simplicity to talk to you about prayer and to let you know that prayer is not just important. It ought to become a part of your lives. Prayer. And so the story tells us That Peter was in jail and that there were chains on his feet and chains on his ankles. And that there were soldiers beside him and soldiers ahead of him going out to the door. And the story tells us that the chains that were on him were chains. Not these meager little chains they have in home depot these days. These were huge chains. Heavy chains. He couldn't move. Yet they had two soldiers there. Herod meant that he was not supposed to go anywhere. Yes parent men this is it i've had enough of this guy and you who are children of god sometimes even on your jobs some people are saying and you don't even know it i've had enough of her she makes me look bad i don't want i don't want her anymore i'm going to devise a way to get rid of her and so peter i can see just some some folks in the church who didn't like the sermons peter preached they were saying well he's done now He won't lead the nominating committee again. Yeah. We won't have to bother about him in board meeting anymore. He's gone. They had concluded that Peter was gone and done with. But when the child of God is in connection with God. Never you count him out. Oh you didn't hear me. When the child of God appears to have been put down and crushed. And that there is no hope. Never you count that child of God out. They used to call Bill Clinton the comeback kid. But we are bigger comeback kids because we trust in a God who not only knows our needs, but when you're in relationship with Him, He talks to you. When I was in the seminary, and one morning we were talking before a prayer, one of Professor, one of my, my colleagues said in the class that the spirit told him something last night. And the professor stopped him and said, don't let people hear you say that. They think you're crazy. Yes, yeah, some ungodly people out there. I'm not saying in the church, some ungodly people out there. But my friend insisted, he said, no, God has always spoken to me. And I want you to know, as you sit before me today, that people will come with all kinds of theories about God and that God doesn't hear this and God doesn't answer this. But I want you to know that if you talk to God, he speaks back to you. And so the angel knocked Peter on his hip. I wonder why his hip. Peter must have had a bad hip so that it was easy to, you know, get him. Knock Peter. Get up, get up wake up quickly come with me now you have to see this picture peter was in a a little cell with a door two soldiers then there was an outer door two more soldiers and then there was the door to the street further out so this angel knocked him on the side woke him up not quietly but quickly let him through the first door wait what became of the of the soldiers that's right chains fell off next door but the marvelous thing. And when you talk about your invention, I, I laugh. As human beings talk about invention, I laugh. Because the story tells us that when they reach the last door, it opened by itself. That's remote control. Remote. You see the stance? Remote. That's remote. God knows about these things long before they're invented. Door opened on its own accord. That was no mumpy, pumpy little door like that door. That was a huge iron gate. Probably about 10 feet tall. And, and, and when he walked through it. Peter himself didn't even know that he was emancipated. Peter taught that he was in vision. Come on, Peter. You spoke at Pentecost. And you saw what God can do. And you thought you were in a vision. Sometimes when we pray. We come before God and we ask. And sometimes we don't quite believe it will happen. You know what I mean? We are still not convinced. We are asking, but we're really not convinced. And so the story said that the doors open. And then Peter realized, wow, it was an angel. He brought me out. Let me go see a few of the brethren. A few of the brethren that I know care for me. Not everybody in the church cares for you. Not everybody. They'll smile with you. They'll hug you. They'll tell you the finest things, but they're not on God's side and so Peter went over to Mary's house. I can see that he must have been to Mary's house before because he felt comfortable to just walk in without an invitation. I can see that he felt comfortable to go over to peter to to, to Mary's house because he was familiar with those inside guess what. He heard the shuffling of feet. He knew somebody was at the gate, but he can't see inside. Rhoda, she came to the door. She went back in, and she told the folks that Peter is at the door. And right away, they became like Jamaicans. They said, you're mad. You're mad. In other words, they were saying, how could Peter be at the door when Peter is on death row, about to die, way down deep, in a cell, with Soldiers guarding him and chains on him. How could he be there? So Rhoda wanted to make sure she went back again, and she looks. Yes, it's. I told you in her nicest voice. It's. Breadwin said that must be his angel when he came in. My dear friends, you have things on your mind. You are burdened with all types of. Some of them you can tell a brother or sister. Some of them you can't. Some of them are too painful to tell anyone. But I stopped by today to tell you, just like Peter experienced, that you can take anything to God in prayer. And he who hears you in secret will reward you openly. Ah, you may not believe me. If you don't believe me, you can ask the patriarch. Look at Abraham. Wanted a son badly. Years passed. You know, the, the doctors told Sarah that she had to hurry up because the closing time was coming when it would be too dangerous to have a child. She 40s and then 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s and Abraham. There's a beautiful maid we have there. Maybe God wanted you to do this thing and get our son through her, but the story tells us that that was not God's plan because one day an angel walked in she prepared lunch for the men and she stayed in the other side of the tent and heard one of the angels telling her husband you and Sarah are going to have a son you know what the Bible says? the Bible says something significant it says that Sarah laughed him to scorn you know what that means? she laughed and held her her, her, her stomach until she fell on the floor Because she knew that that was impossible. But what happened? She had a son. Never be counted out. Never let anyone count you out. Never you count yourself out. Always remember that if you take it to God in prayer, that there is a possibility that something can happen. Something can happen something can happen miraculously something can happen that will transform your circumstance and cause you to say to yourself something is mad here how did this happen so in the book the kneeling christian the writer he said these words he said prayer is however much more than merely asking god for things although that is a very valuable part of prayer If only because it reminds us of our utter dependence upon him. It is also communion with God. Intimacy with God. Talking with, not only to God, we get to know people by talking with them. So is our relationship with God. We get to know him because we talk with him. The highest result of prayer is not deliverance from evil, the writer says. Or the securing of some coveted gift or price. But knowledge of God we acquire through prayer. John 17.3 tells us. And this is life eternal. That we know that they, they should know thee. The true only God. Yes, prayer discovers more about God. And that is the soul's greatest discovery. Can you imagine having a relationship with somebody and you don't talk to them? Even if it's a long distance relationship, you pick up the phone, you text, you Skype. But what about God, your relationship with God? Do you spend time with God in prayer? Do you spend time talking with him and listening to him with love? But do you go deeper yet into an intimate relationship with God? You remember Hannah wanted a son. And when the priest heard her praying, she was agonizing. And the priest thought that she was in pain. But she so wanted God to hear her that she was yearning and yearning. John Bunyan, that great literary artist, he said, He who runs from God in the morning will scarcely find him the rest of the day. Prayer. And then William Barclay, the great theologian, wrote in the book Prodigals and Those Who Love, he said three things. When we pray, remember the love of God that wants the best for us. Number two, the wisdom of God that knows what is best for us. Number three, the power of God that can accomplish what we need. First 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 16 and 18, 16 to 18, we see there from our scripture reading that there is a sandwich text. Rejoice, pray without ceasing, give thanks. You and I, sometimes we go on our knees to talk to God and we do so when we are tired. We go, so, go before God without even worship. The writer is calling our attention to the importance of going before God, first of all, to worship. Even for prayer. Sing yourself some songs. Just as we did to the beautiful song. Sing some songs. And, and then you go before the great creator of the universe. And there lay before him the things that you need. Or the circumstance that you want change, Or the blessing that you are seeking. Whatever it is. Lay it before God. And fear not. He who hears you in secret will reward you openly. Never give up. Keep on praying. When the, when the Apostle Paul was writing to the church at Thessalonica, the church had multiple and varied problems. There was chaos. There was disarray in the church. And Paul was calling the brethren's attention in this sandwich text of rejoice, pray without ceasing, and give thanks. He was saying to them, no matter what the church is going through, be steadfast. Be focused. Keep your eyes on Jesus and never give up. When I was back at number 5, Enid Benjamin Street, New Winthrop's Village, St. John's, Antigua. I remember there was a lady in our church, an elderly lady. And every time a church member would say something or do something to offend her, she'd leave the church and go over to the Wesleyan Holiness Church. I'm, kid- I'm not kidding. And then she worshipped there, and then somebody offended her. there. You know what she did? And that didn't happen once or twice. That happened for years. Sister Violet kept going from one church to another. There are people like that. They, 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 they don't like what the pastor said to them. They, oops, out. And then they hear something on the radio that tells them that they made a mistake. Oops, back it. God wants us to be stable. He wants us to be strong. He wants us to be focused. You and I will never be able to make it to the kingdom except we find stability in Jesus Christ. You know what happened? Sister Violet died. But guess what? She died in the Adventist Church, and guess who they say they asked the to preach at her sermon? Me. Ask my wife. I battled for a long time. What am I going to say at Sister Violet's funeral? But you know what? I got in there, and the uh, Wesleyan Holiness pastor came by, and we worshipped together. The Wesleyan Holiness pastor. He was on the organ, and then he shifted to the piano. And I preached the word, and I said, we are going to see Sister Violet again one of these days. And he shouted from the piano, she's up there right now. It didn't bother me. Because I ended my sermon with 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verses 16 to 18. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel. With the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet them in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Ah, I didn't stop there. I turned over to John chapter 14 and I said, let not your heart be troubled. He believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go go and prepare a place for you. I was a pathfinder, you see. Yeah, many of you didn't go to pathfinders, but I did. So that where I am, there he may be also. Jesus is coming back. But he's coming back for people who have relationships with him. He's coming back for people who understand what he's looking for in his children. And you can only understand what God wants of you if you look into his word on a consistent basis. Christians are not reading the word of God. They are not studying the word of God. They are not worshiping God. We have a whole lot of fanfare in our churches. We are not even dressing as if we are going to meet the king of kings and lord of lords anymore. A lot of fanfare, but no worship, no praise, no prayer. We are empty Christians. And so a man built a tavern in one of the islands right next to a church. Did you hear me? You know what a tavern is? It's, 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 the English people use that term. It's a bar. So, so, so they, he built it. A group of church members from the church decided that they were going to do an all-night prayer meeting to ask God to intervene. So it just so happened that shortly after the prayer meeting, a lightning struck the bar and burned it down. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. So the owner of the bar sued the church, claiming that the prayers of the congregation were responsible for the burning down of his bar. But the church, listen to this, listen carefully. The church hired a lawyer to argue in court that they are not responsible. Listen to what the judge said. The presiding judge, after his initial review of the case, said these words no matter how this case comes out one thing is clear the tavern owner believes in prayer and the christians do not do you believe in prayer do you believe that god is willing to do this impossible for you do you believe that all you have to do sometimes is go down on your knees and talk to him and he will hear you and answer your prayer? Do you believe it? Do you believe that you can take anything to him? Leave it there and you'll be all right. Do you believe that? We had just moved to Huntsville, Alabama. I know you all are ready to go home. 7th Advent, ready? I'm closing now. We had just moved to Huntsville, Alabama. Straight out, fresh from the Caribbean to study. And we were renting a home on 850 Browns Ferry Road in Huntsville, in Madison, Alabama. Nice little neat home. We, at the time, depended on monies to come from the Caribbean, pay our bills from our home in the Caribbean. And one month, the money didn't come. And the guy came to take our electricity off. But the strange thing happened. He knocked at the door. I didn't come through the door he knocked on. I came through the garage. And I saw him looking down. There was a, sick, a sticker on my, my van and it says, We are Sabbath keepers. Something like that. You know that sticker? They have all types of them. But you can know clearly that the person is a Seventh-day Adventist. And the guy, he, he said, I came to take your electricity off. But I'm not touching any Seventh-day Adventist electricity. <laughs> so, so I said, wait, 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 wait. Stop, stop, stop. You may lose your job if you do something like that. What's, why? Why won't you do that? He said, there was an old lady... Living in Huntsville. He said, they sent me to take off her electricity. And she told me that if I touch that electricity, I'll be electrocuted. Because she serves the Sabbath keeping God. So I said, well, sir, that really has nothing to do with me. If they send you to do your job, do it. But what he didn't know is that that morning in prayer, we had prayed. We prayed. We prayed that nobody would touch that electricity until the money comes. You ever prayed those prayers? Some presumptuous prayers? They say, look, nobody touch this, Brother Heron. Nobody touch this in Jesus' name. And folks look at you, he's mad. But listen, she, 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 the, the guy said, the old lady knelt down when he climbed up on the ladder. And she knelt down beneath the ladder, pulled her dress up, and she, she knelt down. Oh, Lord, I pray today. And he said when she did that, this, he just touched the thing, and he felt a little electricity, and he came down. He said, he, he said to me, so as a result of that, you go and make arrangement with them. You know, I was new to America. I didn't know you could make arrangement In Antigua, you can't make arrangement with APUA. They cut everything. <laughs> so, so, so he said, go and make arrangement with them. I will not touch your stuff. I said, no, and here, I am new to the country. I'm begging this guy, just do your job. Just take it off. And the guy said, no, I can't do that. I don't want to be electrocuted. <laughs> We prayed the morning that God would keep that electricity on. Needless to say, in a few days, the check came. And we didn't even have to make arrangements. But what I'm saying to you through this humor is that you can take anything to God. My youngest daughter is at Fleece. And they nominated her or they recommended her for the Junior National Honor Society. And she was all around the house with the paper. She wouldn't put it down. And then I finally opened the envelope and I said, this is only a recommendation, you're not there yet. And she said, well, I've been praying that I'll be there and I know God is going to answer me. But guess what? They were supposed to give her the answer on Thursday morning. And in morning worship, before she went to school, she said, today is when they're going to give me the answer. And so I want us to pray this morning. I said, you first have to pray. You pray and tell God what you want. So she did and she said, Lord, You know I work hard. Listen, she put everything. Everything. If she picked up offering in church, it's on there. (laughs) She literally put everything on that thing. But then, the part of the prayer that touched my heart when she said, I know that you will answer me. Isn't that the confidence we have? Whatever happened to prayer? Why aren't we praying more? I know you will answer me. So when I picked her up the afternoon, I hurried over there and I picked her up and she had another envelope and she said, guess what? I told you, God answered my prayer. If these little children can believe, what about us?" I know sometimes we are bombarded by so many negativities. So much suffering. So many bills on your mind. You know, doctors telling you negative things about your health. And sometimes you just lose your way. You can't can't fathom how you can get back to where you were in your, your spiritual walk. It starts with prayer. And if you remember nothing that I've said today, remember this, that God who will hear you in secret will reward you openly today i want to be the i'm going to read i'm a boss and i know some listen when i was growing up in that little church fast the regular thing i haven't done it years to all those studies that i've done it was hard back on track stop listening donald let us focus on jesus let us look to him who is the finisher and the author of our faith don't you want this to come don't you just want to just ride some clouds to the atmosphere the stratosphere what's the other one the other sphere until you reach the heaven. And when you reach there. What do you want to do? I want to see some patriarch. I want to see Abraham. And I said, Why did you make that mistake? Thinking that Hagar could be that special girl. With, to, to have that special child. And I want to see David. David why did you. Why, why did you do that? And then I want to ask David. I said. How did you knock Goliath out? Yeah. And I want to see. I want to see Jacob. Yeah. I want to see him. Don't you want to see? Don't you want to? And then I want to see the tree of life. Because I want mangoes, sour sap, golden apple. Oh, some, some apples too. But I want to be able to see Jesus. Oh, I'd say, why did you save that little boy from that wayward little backward little village from the Caribbean? Why did you do that? And Jesus would say to me, he's, he's going to say to me, because I love you. I love you oh why did you save this pa here because i love you why did you save this L? because i love you he loves us and it's beautiful to be loved it's special who want to be the first today, today to recommit and say lord take me fresh mold me in fashion me. just stand to your feet you want to say that don't raise your hand stand to your feet i know y'all want to go home and and when seven events want to go home they start doing this as the sister plays there is somebody here has never accepted Jesus. I want you to bow your heads, the rest of you, and close your eyes. Somebody here who has never accepted Jesus as their personal Savior from sin. And today you want to say, Lord, I want to be counted among the faithful. I want to see you one of these days. I want to pray for you today. Why don't you come up here? Just come. Don't let anybody hinder you. Come, come, come on, come on. Anybody else? Come on. There's somebody else. Come on. Spirit tells me, yes, come right up. Never accepted Jesus. You want to say to the Lord, take me. I want to be part of that kingdom. Come on, somebody else, somebody else. We don't have all day. Come on, make it quick. Come out, come my friend. Come on, come on, come on, come. Anybody else? Somebody else is coming. Somebody else is coming. Come on. You want the preacher to pray for you today. You, you know that you need to make a strong commitment to Jesus. Come on, come. I'm going to be praying for you. Come on, come out, come. Come right now. Come on. Don't let anything keep you back. This is your opportunity. You may have made a New Year's resolution. And somehow you have been slipping back, and today you want to say, Preacher, I just need some prayer for strength. Come on out. Come on. Come on. Yes, you're coming. Come on. Come on. Somebody else, you just need some strength. Everybody needs a little strength every now and again. Come on out. Come, come on. Come Come, come, come. Come, 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 come. Come on out. Come on out. Come on out. Yes, yes. Oh, praise God. I'm going to make a final appeal now. There's somebody here who once walked with God, and you You lost your way. You backslid. You left. And today, this is a call for you to commit to God. Just come on out. Come on out. Come on out. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Nobody in here is perfect. Come on. Come on out. Come on. Praise God. Anybody else? Anybody else for Jesus? Anybody else? Anybody else who wants to stand on God's side? Come Come on. Come on. Come on out. Come on. Come on, my friends. Don't be afraid. Come on. Come, 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 come. I'm going to close this thing now. I'm going to close it. I'm gonna close it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you one more time. Come, come, join us here. Join us here as we pray. Somebody else. Somebody else. Somebody else. Come, praise God. Somebody else. Come on. Somebody else. You need prayer. You need special prayer. Come on. Come on. Come on. Thank God. Come on. Oh yes. Yeah. Come on out. 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 Praise God. You need special prayer. You need special prayer. Yes. 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 We're gonna close it now. We're gonna close it. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege. What an awesome privilege to take everything to God in prayer. Eternal Father, I thank you today for your word. Your words are life. Life eternal. Today we come in the quiet of this holy, hallowed spot to thank you for those who have responded to your word. Oh, they have come for varied reasons. Some of them we are not even sure, but you know every single one of them. You know their concern. You know their struggle. You know their desire to follow you. You know, you know, you know, Lord. And it is before you that I lay each one of these your children. Anoint them, forgive them, renew them, strengthen them. But above all, give them a renewed experience with you. So then when they leave this place, their choices will be different. Their focus will be different. Their goals will be different. Their ideals will be transformed. And they will be looking forward to your coming in the beautiful sky. Where you will be able to look at them and say, "Lo, you have lived, you have loved, you have served. And you will be able to say, come, your children. You have done your part. That's what we yearn for. Everything else is transitory and temporary. You are eternal. So we receive you. We accept you. And we ask you to come into our hearts and transform us. For we pray in the wonderful, beautiful, glorious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Yes, God bless you.